0: Welcome back to another episode. So for this episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be answering some of your questions. So a lot of our um, listeners have been parents and um, they kind of DM'd us some questions as to how they can help their children and themselves as well. So we're going to be answering those questions in today's episode. So the very first question Um, that I have for you, Andrew, is how do you control tantrums?
1: So, this is not an easy answer, right? Tantrumming, as we know, is a form of communication, and when someone tantrums, it means that they are usually bothered by something or want something. There are four functions of behavior, and all four of them could be used to explain a tantrum. The four functions of behavior are sensory, escape, attention, and tangible, or SEAT as an acronym. Essentially, one, or more of these behaviors really could be used to explain why a tantrum occurs in the first place, but it's always linked back to at least one of these behaviors. So the first step to stopping a tantrum is figuring out what the function of that behavior is. Usually when an individual tantrums, they have learned that they can tantrum in order to get what they want, for the parents will cave in so they stop tantruming. We have to have them unlearn that behavior. So what this means for parents is that you cannot cave in anymore to your child's tantrums they're going to get more agitated, and that might result in them tantruming a little bit more. This is a process known as an extinction burst, but they're going to stop eventually once they realize that what they want is unobtainable. So if you want to stop tantrums, essentially, the way to do so is stop caving into them so the individual can unlearn the behavior that tantruming is useful to get my desired stimulus.
0: Okay, that was a good question. Now, a follow-up question to that, what starts the tantrums?
1: So as mentioned before, there are four functions of behavior, and at least one of them is going to contribute to the behaviors associated with a tantrum. So really quickly, right, I wanna brush up on those four uh, functions of behavior and explain what all of them are. So sensory means that the individual is seeking or avoiding sensory stimulation through reinforcement and environmental stimuli. This involves their senses. Something very common for this is teething in babies or stacking and moving around objects. That's an example of a sensory behavior. Escape refers to any response designed to move away or eliminate an already-present stimulus. Attention refers to behaviors that are seeking a reaction from others, whether positive or negative. And finally, tangible refers to engaging in a behavior to gain access to a preferred object or activity. One of these, or multiple in some cases, are behaviors that are associated with tantrum and could serve as a cause for the behaviors. So, every behavior that you see in a tantrum can be linked back to one or more of these four um, functions. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, when a child is, you know, either acting too crazy or uncontrollable, how can you calm down a child?
1: This is where it comes down to what your goal is as a parent whenever it comes to the behaviors that your child is having. If you want the behaviors to stop immediately so your child is happy, and you might cave into their requests whenever they are tantruming. While that might stop the behaviors in the current moment, you're only reinforcing the idea that tantruming is an effective method to get what it is that they want, so they're more likely to do it again. The answer to this question is really situational, and I don't feel like there's one answer that fits best. With that being said though, I also suggest that if their desired item is something that cannot be accommodated, like for example, they want to go to this place, or they want to eat this food, maybe replace it with a desired alternative, and then promise their initial desire at a later time. So, what this means, for example, right, if they want to eat at restaurant X, but that cannot be done at the given moment for whatever reason, then suggest them restaurant Y, with a promise that restaurant X will come at a better time that works for the both of you. You can even include the date to motivate them more. So there's not caving, there's offering an alternative option, and then there's rewarding them as well for accepting something different that they initially wanted. So for example, if they agree to go to restaurant Y instead of restaurant X, you can reward them with little with a small prize, right? To reinforce that behavior.
0: So we all know this, especially now in modern times, children are constantly either playing online, playing video games, yeah. or even just like playing too many games in general where they don't have time to manage either their homework or like reading time or time to spend with their family. So how... Do control playing time and like give that child that um, time management.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, screen time can definitely be problematic for children nowadays. Children and parents can, you know, never seem to agree on what's an adequate amount of time. Um, that being said, it's important to set those limits right away and be very firm with them. So, if screen time is going to be an hour, be very firm with an hour and do not allow any leeway. They might be compliant and agree to an hour, or they might tantrum. If they do then it's important to remember not to cave in. There's going to be an extinction burst, but they are going to return to baseline eventually. Punishment is a great area, so I won't really touch up on that, right? I think, you know, every parent should set their own punishment limits, and I'm not going to really brush up on that. But, you know, that being said, right, those are typically seen following an extinction burst, for they teach the individual that those behaviors will not gain them privileges, but rather lose them privileges, if that makes sense, right? So... You don't cave into the tantrums, and that leads to an extinction burst, and then you punish them after the extinction burst, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. So then, what attracts them to spend so much time on their screens?
1: So, really, it comes down to dopamine, right? And that's the pleasure neurotransmitter, the pleasure hormone, however you want to refer to it as. Whenever you're doing something that you enjoy, whether it's playing a game, eating food, or whatever else, right, your brain releases a large amount of dopamine. That is what gives you the feeling of pleasure and wanting to repeat those experiences. It's because you seek more of that feeling. Screen time is associated with being a pleasurable activity for many people because we gain happiness from beating video games, as well as pleasure from the good side of social media, which is a topic of its own, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we want to experience those thoughts and those you know moments again, which is why we strive to spend so much time on the screens, because it makes us happy. Right Now, that's not to say that other activities aren't pleasurable. Of course they are. But to many many individuals things that are done on screen are very fun and enjoyable activities that make them happy and give them that so-called dopamine rush which is why we want to do it again and again and also that being said right humans are just naturally getting lazier and lazier you know we want entertainment and we can get it in multiple ways but screen time requires almost little to no effort compared to getting entertainment from a physical activity and since we're just lazy individuals, we'd rather go with whatever is the least amount of effort. It's just human nature.
0: Yeah. And since these questions were asked by parents, one of the most common ones was how to make sure your children are treating their friends and how to make sure your children are picking the right friends and how to treat their friends even at like a young age.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great question, you know, because children they start school and they're going to go through elementary middle and high school and they're going to meet so many people good or bad and they might have some experiences with bullying they might have some experiences with nicer individuals and it's important that they're prepared for those and it's important that they know how to socialize the right way so that they don't involve getting bullied or being a bully right so it's very important to teach them good social skills and proper communication patterns Children model a lot from their parents. So if there are things like arguing or fighting or even worse like abuse going on in the home, the child is going to pick those behaviors up and maybe project them onto their peers because that's just what they've learned, right? When it comes to children, the key is modeling. You want to model appropriate behaviors and communication patterns from them. Teaching them appropriate ways to resolve conflict as opposed to using violence is also a key because like we said children model a lot from their parents because that's usually who they spend the most time with so if they're seeing you know violence and if they're seeing arguing if they're seeing fighting that's what they're going to learn as being normal so it's all about modeling the appropriate social skills that you want them to go out and practice with their peers you know what do you have to say about that
0: (laughs) no i totally agree with that i feel like um knowing you know parents and like how the way they think i feel like for a a parent it's really important that their child picks their right friends because you know friends do influence like their children's future lives and influence the children's lives so I feel like even me like when I become a parent that would be like one of my main concerns too for my child making sure that they pick the right friends and hang out with the right crowd and grow their social skills in a good way so that um they're not put in like any negative situations in the future especially as they're growing up in like middle school and high school
1: definitely definitely and you want to model those behaviors for them right yeah. do you have any thoughts from like the other answers or the other questions that we talked about
0: um i do think that the screen time questions and like children you know being on their phones too much or like having too much play time i feel like that's also um a model of like time management and that's like the best time to teach your child time management um, I'm also a tutor, so part of like our job is to teach our children time management and like when to give them their breaks, when to, you know, allow them to like be on their phones really quick and then put it away. Because you don't want to overwork the child too much to the point where they're holding a tan- a grudge and like have- throwing a tantrum. So you wanna give them that free time, but at the same time you don't want them to um take that too far and not have enough time to actually sit down and do what's important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, you actually brought up a really good point with the time management. So one thing that I like to tell my patients whenever they're having trouble with time management is figure out what your priorities are. Figure out what your number one priority is, whether that's school or work or relationship, right? Whatever your number one priority is, that's what you should spend the most time out of your day doing, right? So there's 24 hours in a day, right? you know i'm not counting the 8 hours or 7 hours that you said that you use for sleep so in really whenever you're awake you have like 16 17 hours of awake time so you want to spend the most of that time on your number one priority right so if school is your number one priority you know and you're going to school for 8 hours and maybe another 2 hours on top of that that's 10 hours of your day dedicated to school and that's your number one priority that leaves you 7 extra hours right, to do your other priorities, right, your number two priorities, what you want to spend the second most amount of time on, and so on and so forth, right, so figure out what your number one priority is, and spend the most time doing that, your number two priority, spend the second most amount of time doing that,
0: so on and so forth, right, no, I do agree with all of that, um, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> I just sneezed, but yeah, I do agree with all of that, and, um, I do also enjoy this episode of us getting questions from our audience, I feel like we're doing a, It's a more different and more interactive episode. So in future episodes, we're probably going to be doing this more and asking you guys for more questions and more input that we can answer.
1: Absolutely. Feel free to submit your own questions, either on Instagram or on the Spotify Q&A section. And with that being said, we hope to see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening and please be sure to share and like our podcast.
0: Thank you so much.